The MarTech Podcast is a proud member of the I Hear Everything Podcast Network. Looking to launch or scale your podcast? I Hear Everything delivers podcast production, growth, and monetization solutions that transform your words into profit. Ready to give your brand a voice? Then visit IHearEverything.com. From advertising to software as a service to data. Across all of our programs and clients, we've seen a 55 to 65% open rate. Getting brands authentically integrated into content performs better than TV advertising. Typical lifespan of an article is about 24 to 36 hours. If we're reaching out to the right person with the right message and a clear call to action, then it's just a matter of timing. Welcome to the MarTech Podcast, a Ben J. Shap LLC production. In this podcast, you'll hear the stories of world-class marketers that use technology to drive business results and achieve career success. We'll unearth the real-world experiences of some of the brightest minds in the marketing and technology space so you can learn the tools, tips, and tricks they've learned along the way. Now here's the host of the MarTech Podcast, Benjamin Shapiro. Welcome back to the last day of Content Marketing Week on the MarTech Podcast. This week, we're doing a deep dive into one of the most critical components of your marketing efforts, content marketing. Each day this week, we've been publishing an episode that discusses what you need to know about the technology and strategies behind maximizing the impact of your content marketing as a creator and as a publisher. With us again today is Robert Rose, who's the co-founder and chief troublemaker at The Content Advisory, which is a resource that helps companies create intelligent content strategies by providing strategic consultation, education, and research that helps teams transform their businesses and build passionate customers. So far this week, we've discussed the overall content marketing landscape, how to develop an effective content strategy, when to leverage content production resources, and ways that you can syndicate your content. And today we're going to wrap up Content Marketing Week by talking about the best practices for evaluating your content. Okay, here is the last installment of Content Marketing Week with Robert Rose, the Chief Strategist and Head Troublemaker at the Content Advisory. Robert, happy Friday and welcome back to Content Marketing Week on the MarTech Podcast. Happy Friday, episode number five. Here we go. Happy to wrap up the week and talk about how you can evaluate your content just to go back, you know, we've really covered a, a lot of ground. We've talked everything from the landscape, strategy, content production, syndication. All of that is worthless if you can't understand the value you're getting out of your content. Talk to me about the approach you have for understanding what content is worthwhile to produce. Yeah, you saved the math for Friday, I see, where everybody should start drinking, I suppose. <laughs> well, we publish these episodes at like 5.30 in the morning, so hopefully not too many people, at least in the continental U.S. are. Well, we are going to start talking measurements, so cocktails might be necessary. Look, the thing with content marketing is, and I hope what we've been able to demonstrate over the last certainly four episodes, is that it is a different approach than classic marketing and advertising. And the classic mistake that we see with content marketing is, quite frankly, we measure exactly the wrong thing, which is the content instead of the audiences or relationships that it's building. So this is our starting point, right? If we simply look at content as a replacement for an ad or a replacement for a brochure, it will never perform as well because it takes longer, it is more expensive, as we've talked about on a previous episode, and it is a longer-term investment model than that short-term, sugary-paid advertising that we talked about. So 
what we need to look at and when we start thinking about evaluating our content marketing program is how are we building and monetizing an audience over time? Because an audience, some of them will become leads. Some of them will become opportunities. Some of them will become customers. And that's a wonderful thing, especially if our goal at that particular stage of their journey is such. In other words, if we're trying to influence the upper part of our funnel or the upper part of our customer engagement journey, those are all wonderful things. But the vast majority of them won't. You ask a typical CMO or director of marketing and say, how is your marketing database doing? How many of those actually convert? Maybe it's 5%, maybe it's 10%, maybe it's as high as 15 or 20%. You're really killing it. But that means 80, 85, 90, 95% of your marketing database never convert. So the question is, how do we draw value out of the 80, 85, 90, 95% who never convert? And of course, with content marketing, they can provide multiple lines of value. We can use that data because remember, if we're doing content marketing well, it's trustingly given, willingly given. They want to subscribe to what it is we have to say. So using that data to look like advertising is a great way to monetize that. Using that to target people with reach or have them share things that otherwise wouldn't be shared and get reach to other customers is another monetizable thing. A bigger audience, a more engaged audience is just simply more valuable to us as an asset for the business that we can monetize in multiple ways. And we can certainly talk about the different ways to do that. But that's the key indicator of value for a content marketing program is, are we building an audience that we have a relationship with independent, but including whether or not they actually buy product from us? I think that you're mentioning a couple different ways which you can derive value from content. First off, credibility for your business. If you can build a large enough following, people are going to start to know your business and just perceive that you have credibility. If 100,000 people are following you on Instagram or a million people are following you on Instagram, maybe you have something worthwhile to say. That's a format of content. I think that there's also the virality. The more people that are in your audience, the more likely they are to share your content, which is going to help you grow your audience. And then obviously, the larger your audience, the better opportunity you have to stay in touch with people and drive them into your marketing funnel. I want to focus a little bit more on the people that are likely or possibly going to become your customers. And this is where we get a little bit farther into the buyer journey like we talked about, I believe it was on Tuesday, or talking about your marketing funnel. A special thanks to our presenting sponsor, Mutinex, ready to take your team from I think to I know. Then join brands like Samsung, ING, and Asahi who make better marketing decisions with Mutinex. Mutinex Growth OX, the marketing mixed modeling platform that makes measuring ROI fast, easy, and cost-effective. Request a demo at mutinex.co. That's M-U-T-I-N-E-X dot co. Time for a one-minute break to hear from our presenting sponsor, Mutinex. In 1919, John Wanamaker said, half the money I spend on advertising is wasted. I just don't know which half. Well, the advertising landscape has changed since then. And instead of reaching your audience on two channels, you're probably reaching them on 20. Turns out John didn't know how easy he had it. But that doesn't mean that you should give up on striving towards marketing effectiveness. No matter how complex your marketing strategy is, Mutinex Growth OX is the market mix modeling platform that measures the impact of marketing on your bottom line. Mutinex's market mix modeling platform calibrates your insights against the latest market conditions so you can make media and marketing investment decisions confidently and quickly. 
Ready to take your team from I think to I know? Then join brands like Samsung, ING, and Asahi who make better marketing decisions with Mutinex. Mutinex Growth OX, your best decision starts here. To learn more about Mutinex, go to mutinex.co. That's M-U-T-I-N-E-X dot co. Okay, here's the rest of today's interview. How do you think about evaluating whether people are getting from one stage to the next? And what are the events, milestones, triggers that you're looking at? Is it as simple as awareness, education, purchase? Or where are you setting up your tracking to understand what part of the life cycle a consumer is in? If that's my goal, in other words, if where I'm putting my experience, my content-driven experiences is truly at that sort of upper middle, let's call it, or middle of the engagement journey or the funnel, my overriding goal is probably, not exclusively, but probably teaching customers how to be customers. Let's look at it in a classic B2B sense for a moment here. So we would look at it in three different layers. We would say, one, there's inspiring the change because all B2B purchases are about change of some sort. I'm going to change the way that my business operates by purchasing this solution. So the first step is inspiring the change. I want to inspire someone to actually make a change. The second is going to be implications of that change. All right, you've decided to change. Now, what's that mean, right? Both good and bad for your business. You've decided to do this. The third is going to be great. How do you actually do it? What are the steps you're going to take to actually change? And you can read into that sort of different levels of engagement of a particular customer over time. So as I'm creating content, my measurability is going to be across three different areas. One is I can start to look at, as a platform, content created with that structure at its most upper level. If I get more visitors or subscribers at that level, that sort of inspiration for change, great. I can look at the sources of information. In other words, where am I getting those people? Are they organic search or is it you know paid or is it referrals or is it direct or whatever? Middle layer, okay, now maybe I'm taking those people and I'm actually either evolving them from the, you know, the, 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 you know, the awareness stage or quite frankly, they're jumping right into the middle of that. Or the third, where they're actually looking at the how-tos, you know, here's the 10 steps you need to take to install this thing today. The classic challenges is that what we do as marketers is we assume everybody is at the same level. Someone signs up for our blog or our webinar, and what do we do? We put a salesperson on them. We turn them into a lead and we start processing them. Sick them. Right. And that's a campaign-based mentality where we say basically marketing's job was to put their butt in the seat and it's sales job to actually engage them and create value to the point where they want to buy. And frankly, it may be the worst time, especially if they're in that first or second category, that may be the worst time to stick a salesperson on. But what we may want to do is understand the value of those people if they go through all three layers. An example of this is that we worked with a company that sort of set this kind of process up where they created an experience and they tagged their content and didn't really qualify them as leads until they'd gone through either all three or came in at the third level. And they decreased, actually, the amount of leads they were creating, but increased the quality and the conversion of those leads. In other words, those leads bought more and went through the conversion process faster. Why? Because we were classically doing the thing that we try to do as marketers, which is deliver the right message to the right person at the right time. 
that's the thing. If we're artificially just gauging ourselves by how many names we can scan at the trade show or how many people come in and basically raise their hand about signing up for a webinar and immediately call those leads, we don't get the benefit of the measurement of an audience. What we get is the benefit of the measure of how many of those people are willing to buy right now. So thus, we're not building an audience. We're simply just filtering through as many transactions as we can. So if we truly measure the quality of the audience, we get a benefit from content marketing by simply understanding where people are in their journey and ultimately driving more value to those salespeople or our shopping cart or whatever that people are putting in there. I think one of the things that I've done with consulting clients that's been beneficial to them is try to create some events or milestones so people understand how much of their audience, how many of their leads are in what stage of the funnel, right? Like this person has consumed awareness-based content. They're a subscriber, they're a follower, they've read this many blog posts. And at some point you have to draw a line in the sand and say, look, if this person has read 10 blog posts, we're gonna say that they are very much aware of the brand. And then you could take actions that are, let's start putting them to a remarketing audience to try to drive product awareness, right? And then once somebody is aware of a product, then you start working on your direct response-related marketing activities. So. It's not just about understanding the size of your audience or the level of engagement in aggregate, but understanding the types of content that somebody is consuming and creating milestones to understand what your next marketing activity should be. Also something that I've found to be very effective in understanding and evaluating content strategy. It's an amazing thing, right? So what you're talking about is actually a layered, nuanced, and quite frankly, sophisticated approach to looking at how we engage people through their journey. The term du jour is, you know, 360 degree view of your customer, right? Imagine a world where a potential buyer comes to the blog, involves and engages themselves with some awareness oriented content, becomes educated, maybe then is inspired to attend a webinar, which is at that middle layer and becomes educated on the implications of that change, watches the webinar, and then maybe a couple of months later raises their hand and says, I'm now ready to talk to someone about what that really means. And so you put them as a qualified lead into your CRM system. All of that information comes with them from the blog and the audience, what you had mentioned. The salesperson can see that they came from the blog and that they're interested in these topics and attended this webinar. So can have a relevant conversation with where they are in their life cycle. Talks to the salesperson, those notes are captured, goes into the system and away you go. They become customers. But that vision for most organizations is so siloed and broken that it's like talking science fiction for most companies these days. They can't see those attributes because the handoffs between various pieces of the business are so complex and siloed with technology and with measurement statistics that it becomes very hard to just create audiences that ultimately have attributes of customer, that have attributes of loyal evangelistic customer, because we haven't gotten the collaboration down yet. Setting up your tracking and evaluation of content can be a very complicated topic. For the customers that you're advising, what's step one for them to think about evaluating their content in a simple but actionable way? My advice would be to look at the content you're creating and really understand what the goals of each experience that that content is feeding has. And I mean, literally at the simplest level. In other words, what is the purpose of your website? The purpose of the website is usually a tough one because it's meant to close deals, it's meant to draw awareness, it's meant to engage people. 
And for businesses, small and large, it can be very unfocused and not terribly effective at that job. But even more prevalent is if we start to launch these content platforms, a blog, a hub, a webinar program, an event, or even our social channels or our email newsletter. One of my favorite questions to ask the marketing team is, oh, you have three email newsletters. Tell me what the goal of each one is. And there is none. It's just, well, we really feel like we should have an email newsletter because we have leads that are signing up for our white paper. So we send them stuff periodically. That's our email newsletter. That's not a goal. That's just sending people stuff because you can. So if we can simply answer the question for everything we're choosing to put content into, every experience, do we have an agreed upon and focused goal? And if we don't, let's ask ourselves why we're actually creating content for it full stop. In other words, nobody says by law you have to have a Facebook page. Nobody said by law you have to have that LinkedIn group or the blog or the webinar program. You're doing it in many cases to try and feed as many channels as possible to meet that sort of mythical omni-channel need, independent again of how big your business is. But the real answer is if we don't have purpose and focus behind every single one of these channels, as well as the content that feed that channel, then we should really question why we're creating content for it at all. Yeah, I think that the underlying theme here is understanding your business, understanding your customers, and understanding the purpose of your content. Those are the things that you have to have locked down to effectively evaluate the performance of your content. You can't figure out whether your newsletter is effective if you don't know what you're trying to accomplish. Yeah. Literally, here's just a simple brain shift. Again, independent of how big your company is. Your website is a product. How well is it supporting its goals? And you go, oh, wow. Because right now we see the website as sort of an online billboard, right? It's an online billboard meant to sort of supply everybody with information independent of who's driving by on the freeway. But if instead you said your website is a product and it has specific product-oriented goals, how is it doing on supporting those goals? It changes the way you look at your website and it changes typically what content you use to feed the website. Yeah, I think that taking a top-down approach, thinking about your content as a product, the assets that you're building trying to build an audience as opposed to using content specifically as a direct response channel, framing up how you're thinking about using your content and understanding the purpose of it is really the major takeaway. There's lots of nuance for the different types of business in terms of what their KPIs are for content, but understanding your purpose and being able to track back to that is going to help you with your evaluation. No doubt. Robert, we've covered a ton of ground here, everything from strategy to implementation, all the way through evaluating your content. Let me just say, I can't thank you enough and appreciate you coming on the show. So thank you for being our guest and sharing the knowledge that you've accumulated over the years of great work in the content marketing industry. Well, thank you for having me. This has been a joy. We've spent quite a bit of time together over the last week, and I've enjoyed every single minute of it. Well, I appreciate it, Robert. would love to have you back on the show when the time is right. And that wraps up Content Marketing Week on the MarTech Podcast. Thanks to Robert Rose, the Chief Troublemaker and Head Strategist at the Content Advisory for joining us. If you'd like more of Robert's tips for building an effective content marketing strategy, you can always get in touch with him on LinkedIn. There's a link to his LinkedIn profile in our show notes. You can reach out to him on Twitter, where his handle is Robert underscore Rose, or you could visit his company's website, which is contentadvisory.net. A couple of links in our show notes that I want to tell you about. If you didn't have a chance to take notes while you were listening to this podcast, don't worry about it. We've got you covered. Just head over to martechpod.com where we have summaries of all of our episodes and contact information for our guests.
If you're a subscriber to the MarTech Podcast, thanks for being a member of our community. We always want to hear from you, so we created benjshap.com slash question, where you can send us your topic suggestions or your marketing questions, which we'll answer live on our show. Of course, you can always reach out on social media. My handle is benjshap, B-E-N-J-S-H-A-P on LinkedIn and on Twitter. And if you haven't subscribed yet and you want a daily stream of marketing and technology knowledge in your podcast feed, we publish episodes every day during the work week. So hit the subscribe button in your podcast app and we'll be back in your feed tomorrow morning. Of course, if you'd prefer to have our content delivered to your inbox, we also have a once a week newsletter with links to our audio players, episode summaries, and the contact information for our guests. To subscribe, go to benjshap.com newsletter. All right, that's it for content marketing week on the MarTech Podcast. Thanks for joining us. And until next time, my advice is to just focus on keeping your customers happy. Thanks for listening to the MarTech Podcast, and I hear everything production. Looking to launch or scale a podcast like this one for your brand? Then visit IHearEverything.com.